The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ever thought about why people act the way they do? Why are some people more difficult to deal with while others are always pleasant? Let's find out together. Welcome to Human Behavior. What a trip. Your host is Dr. Jonathan Brower. Our program combines expert guests with people just like you who have questions or comments. We'll have fun exploring human behavior. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jonathan Brower. Hello, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower. My show is called Human Behavior, What a Trip, and we have an interesting trip today. Um, my guest is Jane Fiddleman, and uh, she has written a book called Raising Humane Beings, and uh, her book and my, my ideas, which I think are her ideas also, is um, we should be loving and caring with people and be kind and not hurtful and harmful and cruel. And uh, in the wake of what happened a few days ago in Connecticut with the uh, slaughter of people, uh, it's time to be talking about how we can be more humane and help people get to their best level. So, Jane, welcome to the show. You know, on this topic at this really trying time. Yes, I'm delighted to have you on the show, and I... An hour or so ago, I checked out your website, and I really loved what you have put in there. So uh, how about you tell our audience uh, a quick uh, bio on you and how you became interested in what you're doing now? Well, I started out uh, 20, no, <laughs> 30, 32 years ago. I got my teaching degree, a Bachelor of Science in Education. I was just... Always loved working with children, just always have. Uh, uh-huh. Always worked with children and um, had a special place in my heart for quote-unquote troubled children. Yes. And so that was where I cut my teeth as uh-huh. a young person out of college and then eventually wound up going back to get my master's degree in counseling and then also over the years got two hospice certifications and a minister's license. So that's how I got to where I am now and what I'm doing now, which is uh, doing individual couples and child family sessions on all issues from basic stress all the way to severe childhood trauma, including physical, mental, emotional, and sexual abuse. Yes. So um, I'm assuming that when you were a young child, you were aware of people being troubled and people being cruel. Yes, especially since I grew up as kind of a street kid in St. Louis. I had uh, divorced parents. When I was 10, my parents got divorced and and then got very busy with 
their new lives. And um, so I had an absentee father who had a new fa- he had a new family, a new new wife, and a new stepson, and my brothers. Uh-huh. And then my mom had my sister and I, and we were older children. You know, we were ten and twelve. My sister uh-huh. and I. So we we were older and more able to take care of ourselves. Yeah. So when mom went back to work and school and started dating and everything, we kind of just figured it out for us. We were on our own a lot. So I was alone a lot as a child, and I did wind up getting into all kinds of trouble and getting uh, tangled up with bad people. So I knew what it was like. I've always known what it was like for troubled kids living on the streets. Yeah, when you said bad people, you mean people who were doing uh, harmful things, illegal things? Oh my gosh, everything. Drugs, alcohol, stealing, rape, everything. I I was uh, so lonely, I would yes. just go anywhere and hang out with anyone just to not to be alone. Yeah. Yes, being alone is, no, solitary confinement is really terrible. And you can right. actually, you and can be in a... part of the problem, a, I think, for kids yeah. today. Loneliness. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of kids can be uh, in isolation, even though there's other people around. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, briefly, how absentee was your father? Did you see him once a month or once a year or what? Um, well, we from the time I was uh, about 11, I think, when he got remarried, um, all the way up until I went away to college. Uh-huh. So I was... 19 or so years old, I didn't see him unless there was a family a wedding or a funeral. I see. <laughs> so I would see him, I would see him once a year, maybe. And this yeah. is back in the beginning. They had just invented divorce, really. <laughs> so yeah. people didn't know. Counselors didn't know what to do. All they knew was I was a bad kid. My mom didn't know how to handle me. They took me to Freudian counselors, which um, that didn't work on me. Yes. Freudian, Freudian therapy doesn't always work on kids. <laughs> well, Freudian, so I Freud, would usually wind up storming out and hitchhiking home from counseling sessions. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, one of the things I saw in your in your website is um, where you talked about people avoiding speaking of their real feelings and impulses and their emotions. Right. And uh, you and I agree on how important it is for people to be able to, in a safe way, speak about their strong emotions, including, oh, their, including of, their rage and their sadness and their loving feelings, yeah. all, all those feelings, where it's safe to be heard and to be known. It is the biggest deal, I think. It's the biggest deal. And um, there's a technique. In fact, there's a few... There's free counseling sessions on my um, website that people can just hear, and I teach this technique at the beginning of every single session that I do with any couples or family, and any couples or family session, and that is how to hold a space, hold a yes. compassionate space, and be a compassionate listener, and um, that actually causes people to be able to calm down. So it stops the fighting and it stops the fear of sharing those difficult emotions. Yes. So, uh, so the... Um fellow a few days ago, the young high school guy who yeah. killed uh, all those people, Yeah, it had to be clear to some people from a very early age for this kid that something was wrong with him. Yes. And, and my guess is uh, 99% of the people uh, 
avoided anything to do with him and just figured they should be quiet about it and nothing bad would happen. But it seems to me that's the worst thing that they could do. Right. I mean, it's, it's really important. Pain and anger need a witness. Yes. And if we don't check in with the people around us, the people that we're close to, the people that are near us, if we don't check in with them, like my friends kind of make fun of me, but whenever we call each other or text each other and say hello, yeah. I almost, I didn't realize it was a habit of mine. I almost always say, hi, how are you? How's your heart? How's your soul? I always yes. say that. Hi, how are you? How's your heart? How's your soul? And then they tell me the truth about whatever they're feeling that day or at that moment. Uh-huh. And it's really important. People don't know how to say, hi, how are you? How's your heart? How's your soul? <laughs> so yes. It's really important that people hear that and they know that there's an opening for that, especially children, because children have a tendency to think, that they look wrong and they sound wrong and they are goofy or their legs are too thick or their head is too big or, I mean, kids have so much self-judgment and they want to fit in so badly and they don't know how to talk about it and they don't usually talk about it. They just yes. don't talk about it. Yes. So we, so we do need to create a compassionate space for them to, to share. Yeah. So when you said pain and anger need a witness, I would add that any feelings and any emotion needs a witness. Yes. I mean, the kids who are happy, they got they need to be recognized as being happy, and the kids who are or adults who are who are in pain, they need to be able to talk about their pain. I think you're so right. And actually, part of the problem with kids being happy is the kind of things that they're happy about, like they have a new boyfriend or a new girlfriend. They're yeah. scared to tell their parents because they're afraid their parents are going to freak out or disapprove or you're too young to be dating or, yes, you know, parents feel such an obligation to take care of their children, you know, keep them alive, keep them healthy and safe, make sure they have a good life. But the problem with parenting is that it's difficult. It's a very fine line. It's a very fine balance between being overly protective and overbearing all the way to the other end of the continuum where yes. you're being apathetic and uninvolved and neglectful. The balance is somewhere in the middle, and as your child grows older, the line keeps moving. Yes. What worked when they were younger, you, you can't order them about as they get older. They, they, they'll become unresponsive and secretive. Yes, exactly. And parenting is not something we get uh, taught about. We just we just learn it from our own parents, many of whom <laughs> yeah. are very inadequate in various ways. Right, isn't always the best. Yeah, it's probably the most important thing people can do is be a parent, and it's one of the hardest things to do for many people. Exactly, exactly. So my heart goes out to the parents. I never lay blame on the parents. It's really a cooperative when we're when we're doing sessions or when... People are looking at how to deal with their uh, difficult child, if there's a difficult relationship yes. with their child. Yeah. Although um, when a parent is very hurtful to a child and the child has retaliatory rage, but they have to push those feelings down and uh, yes. then depress themselves, it's, it's really the parent's responsibility to be able to handle the child in a comfortable 
a lot of parents are just totally lost. They don't know what to do. Right. It's a responsibility. We're coming up to our first intermission. We'll be back in about a minute. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi, everybody. I'm back with Jane Findelman. We're talking about human beings and how they can be more humane. And, uh, Jane, do you remember what we were talking about before we had the long break? Um, oh, my gosh, I do. I was just about to say I really encourage parents to use inspiration and reward as opposed to you need using punishment and control. Punishment will always get you a payback, and control will always get you a power struggle. Now, one of the ways that we create a psychopath, one of the ways that we create them, because our parenting and our society can create psychiatric behaviors, and one of the ways that we do that is through 
healthy bond, healthy bonding. You and I were talking about this when we were talking before the show. Healthy bonding is vital, and what we mean by that is if you are crowding your child too much and there's no healthy boundaries there, for instance, you're always sleeping in the same bed together and they're not developing their self-soothing techniques and learning how to be alone. Human beings have a terror of being alone or they're neglected too much and they don't develop uh, skills, really it's skills, on how to love and be loved in a healthy way. Not too close, but not too distant. And that's always the task for human beings. It just can go way wrong if there's some other form of abuse, say a sexual abuse or a a physical abuse or a very insidious mental abuse. That can cause psychopathic behavior. That's what, what did you say, psychopathic behavior? Yeah, yeah. We can actually cause a child to start developing psychopathic behaviors. Yes. Yes. So, um, you as a uh, mental professional, mental health professional, what would you suggest people do to uh, actually be able to help soothe their children and, and have their children learn how to soothe themselves? If First of all, it's great to look for information. I always say it takes a village. So look for information from family and friends who look like they have a healthy relationship. Now, sometimes a relationship looks healthy on the inside, but uh, on the outside, from the outside, but on the inside, it's an unhealthy, sick, or enmeshed relationship. Um, yeah. So you really kind of got to do your homework and really ask around. The other is look for a mental health professional, or call me, of course, and... Yeah. Um, <laughs> You've got to keep on looking. You have to look till you find a counselor that you feel really good working with because finding the right counselor for yourself and your family is its not a one-size-fits-all. It's just like you look for a doctor that yeah. you like working with or a dentist that you feel yeah. listens to you. You really need to do the same with looking for a counselor. Yeah. Don't just stop at the first one if you don't get results. And also... I. I don't know. I work pretty fast, but I, I, I don't. I like people to start getting results in the very first. Excuse me, in the very first session. In fact, if your callers want to call me or write me at my website, um, I will send them my free ADD, ADHD, oppositional defiant disorder questionnaire. And just answering the questionnaire uh-huh. will start fixing your problems. Yeah, well, why, the well, all right. Why don't you uh, give out your your uh, website right now, and then we can mention it again later too. Okay, it's Jane Fendelman. That's Jane, as in Jane and Tarzan. J A N E. Fendelman yeah. is F like Frank, E N like Nancy, Z like David, E L like Lincoln, M A N like Man. Uh, dot com, Okay, great. And I'll uh, mention it too. Thank you. So, uh, so getting back to uh, what you do, well, in, in essence, what do you do that helps many children in uh, three to five sessions? Help children in the what? Sorry? In it, well, when you see these kids and they're... Um, 
normally within what what is it one to five sessions or one to three sessions? Yeah, yeah, it's three to five sessions. I'm kind of known in Phoenix for being able to cure ADD, ADHD, and oppositional defiant disorder within three uh-huh. to five sessions without using drugs. Yeah. And what I do is the first couple of sessions are just with the parents, and the parents do get results after just one session. The moment uh-huh. they get home and walk in the door, they they already have starting to get good results. One of the things that I always refer people back to is in my parenting book, Raising Humane Beings, Chapter 10 is called The Yes After You. Yes After You. And here's what it's about. When we're yeah. starting to have difficulties and challenges, butting heads with our children, it's usually because we're trying to make them do things they don't want to do. Take a bath, yeah. do your homework, get better grades in school, stop hitting your brother, all kinds of things like that. So instead yeah. of saying don't and stop it, and if you don't stop, I'm going to take away your Game Boy or punish you or you're going to bed or no TV or no computer. Instead of doing that, which starts creating a punishing mentality, I use the yes after you. Hey, Jimmy, as soon as you turn off the TV, I have a special surprise for you. And it might be a new marble to add to his marble collection or a new sticker or a new Lego toy. Or it might Uh be a hug and a kiss and I love you, or we're going to go out in the backyard and throw the ball. So sometimes yeah. it's a thing, and sometimes it's just time or a special, I don't know, a sugarless popsicle, something like that. I'm really big on and I know parents say to me all the time, I'm not going to bribe my child to do what they're supposed to be doing, but I say, you know, you have a job, and you get bribed to do your job. Even though your job is probably very important, I think you should do it for free. We shouldn't bribe you with money to do your job. So yeah. why should it be different for children? We invited them here. They didn't crash our home. We invited them into our home. They're our guests. We owe them love and respect, and we should teach them with inspiration and reward and not with punishment. That makes sense. And that works for kids of all ages, including teenagers and late teens even? I'm sorry. I'm having a little trouble hearing you. I know. Um, it's, it's just not quite loud enough. Is the thing. Does this does this work for oh, this uh, o- older teenagers? Oh, does it work for older teenagers? Absolutely. It's just the currency changes. For older kids, it's going to be more time with their friends or more time on the phone or more time on the computer or you're going to get them those new blue jeans that they wanted, things like that. <laughs> currency Marbles don't work. Marbles and seashells and Legos don't work as they get older. But, yeah, yeah I mean, it works. I teach wives to use it with their husbands. <laughs> I, I, had woman, I had a client one time, and her husband would never do the lawn care. He worked all week, and he was exhausted on the weekends, and she worked, too, and he wouldn't agree to let her hire a lawn service. He thought, that's a waste of money. He said, I can do it. It's a waste of money. But he never got it done, so the lawn always looked like heck. So um, yeah. she said, I said, um, listen, you got to use the yes after you on your husband. And uh, so she, we devised a plan, and uh, when he got home on that Friday night for the weekend, before the weekend, she said, you know, honey, when you mow the lawn... You look so sexy in your T-shirt when you get all sweaty like that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and he mowed the lawn twice in the next 10 days, you told me. 
So if you give them the right, if you give them the right feedback, you get uh, right, right with, with the promise of romance. That's what works for him, for them. Yeah. So the kids you see who are ADD or HD, any of the Ds, um, what what percentage do you think really have a problem? What what percentage really have a problem? Is that what you said? Yes. Well, I've I've actually never had a child with a case of ADD or ADHD that I wasn't able to cure within three to five sessions without drugs ever. So uh-huh. I'm I'm one of those people, and I'm not saying I'm right, and that my my perspective or my opinion is the only opinion, and that I'm right, and I'm the uh, you know first left on the alpha and the omega. But yes. I'm one of those people who doesn't believe that ADD or ADHD is an is actually a disorder because I've cured it every single time so easily. Yes. Without so maybe there's maybe so maybe there's something inherently wrong with the diagnosis to begin with. That's my opinion. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's really natural and normal for a human being to be able to easily focus on something that's interesting to them, like for a kid, a computer game. They can do that for hours with perfect focus and to not be able to focus on something that's boring to them, like chemistry or science or English or, you know, math, something like that. Um, to me, that's a normal human being. I mean, I, as an adult, I'm not good at every single thing in the world. I mean, I, I, I could, couldn't get an A in every subject. Right. And there's Why do we expect kids? <laughs> kids yeah. are very action-oriented. So we ask them to sit still in a classroom for six hours in a day, and then we ask them to come home and do one or two or three more hours of homework sitting still. So yes. that's unreasonable. I think what we're asking of children is unreasonable. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. They're getting way too much homework Ugh, and not, not enough time to uh, be using their bodies and running around and playing games. And and connect with their family and experience love. And so they grow up lonely. And that's why yes. we have a 68% divorce rate. Yes. So the the lonely theme that you just went back to yeah. uh, certainly fits the dynamics of the uh, young man who killed all those people the other day. He was immensely lonely. Yeah. And, you know, he may have had some um, other things going on that were beyond his ability to deal with. Yeah, I believe that. Absolutely. Okay. I think it's about time for a break. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. Legal Shield, total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. Think of the world 50 years ago. 
Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower. I'm back with my guest, Jane Fendelman. And if you want to go to her website, you can go to Jane Fendelman. Dot com and Fendelman, the last name is F as in Frank, E-N-D-E-L-M-A-N. So it's janefendelman.com. So Jane, we're back to the next segment of our show, and you were talking about um, the grief process. Right. includes uh, talking about death and talking about sadness. Exactly. And, 
and so talking about it, being hurt. It's very scary for children to hear the news and see the news and hear about other children being yeah. killed. It's it's terrifying. Now, if they're very, very young, like six years old, five years old, and below, there's a lot that they won't understand about it. And once they get to be seven, eight years old and up, exactly. they understand yeah. enough to be terrified about it, about yeah. death. So the, the kids, the kids who are under seven, and the, you know it can vary per child, but generally under seven, under the age of seven, right. they don't have a clear enough concept of death being permanent. Right. But, However, but, yeah, we can say with certainty I'm sorry. Go on. With the children who witnessed it, obviously, yeah. even though they were young, young children, were traumatized by that. So oh, yeah. the children who were there at the school, it's a different story than the children who are hearing about it on the news and are too young to really understand the concept. It's uh, objective placement where something's here and now it's not here. They, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like having dogs. When a dog sees something that, or experiences something that's scary, you see fear in them. You know, it may only be for a second or two, but they have the fear. And, uh, it's it's okay to have the fear, but it's not okay yeah. to try to push it down. Right, right. So, well, a couple of things. When I'm doing, a, there's a technique called critical incidents debriefing, and yeah. I learned it when I first became a crisis counselor. When I was a counselor, when I was young, my first job, I was on a suicide hotline. Critical incidents debriefing means whoever witnessed it or heard about it or was near the event have to talk yes. about it without the li- you know without the listener freaking out. The listener is just um, compassionate presence, not speaking, not trying to fix or change, just listening. Yes. And in critical incident yes. briefing, the person tells the story over and over frequently enough to where they finally get it out of their system. So that's yes. what the people right around that situation would mean. The children who witnessed it might need that as well. For children who are hearing about it on TV or from their parents or newspapers. Those children need to be able to talk about death, too. And what I recommend to parents is, if you have a spiritual belief about death, that's a great time to start talking to your children about your spiritual beliefs about it. You don't want to shove it down their throat. You know, you don't force them to believe what you believe. But your spiritual beliefs may be helpful in that respect. And the other is, if you don't have a spiritual belief, you can certainly talk to your children about the science of energy never being lost but only being transformed. So the the transference of energy just means that that person was a body and the body was made out of energy and now that person's body doesn't work anymore and uh, so their energy can be used by the plants and birds and other things. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. yeah. Kind of and another, another part of this is that um, a lot of Families have pets, whether it's a lizard or a dog or a cat or a hamster. And when those animals die, that's a wonderful time to talk about death. Yeah. But a lot of people are super spooky about death. It's really quite amazing. Which is sad, because we're all going to do it. (laughs) Exactly. We're all going to do it, and we hope to live a long time, and some of us will and some of us won't. But to uh, to be overly whelmed with fear about death, 
certainly gets in the way of having a good life while you're alive. Yes, exactly. If you're afraid of yeah. death, you're living life with the brakes on. Yes. Yeah. So I know uh, so, there, there are a huge number of people, a huge amount of people avoid these topics thinking that it's better if they don't say anything, but it's actually worse, but they don't believe that it's worse to think about it. They think it's right. better that, not, that, not that, to, yeah. That's a huge problem. I'm oh, sorry. Go on your phone. Your your uh, phone went kind of weird for a minute. Oh, I was just saying the Tibetan Book of the Dead talks about. Uh, it says to think or talk about death every day. So when it comes to knocking at your door, it's like greeting an old friend. Yes. So to know that there's death in the future. But as long as we're still alive, we can uh, enjoy life. Exactly. Even when there's sadness. Yeah, so all this is bringing up the fact that so many people, adults, are frightened of death. And if you are listening and you are frightened of death, I really recommend that you study, study death different spiritual teachings, see if something speaks to you, if you like something, yes. some particular spiritual teaching, so that yes. you can get over your fear of death, or just realize that it's a, if you are an agnostic or an atheist, just realize that it really and truly is simply energy transference. I think we're kind yes. of scared of death because it can be painful, it can hurt physically, and human beings have a natural fear of pain, which is healthy. It's healthy to have a fear of pain. Because then yes. we don't get hurt. If we didn't have a fear of pain, we would walk around, you know, walk off a cliff and get yes. hurt and bloodied up. Yeah. So, so we have a natural fear of pain, and then we translate it into a fear of death also because we don't know exactly what happens on the other side of death. We don't have an answer for that. So human beings have another fear, a control issue, about needing to know the outcome of this or that. And we really can never know the outcome of anything we just, you know, hope for the best and plan for the worst. Let's just say. Yes. So, um, in addition to um, the fear of death, there's a huge number of people who are fearful of experiencing their sadness and who go to great lengths to uh, avoid their sad feelings and to avoid their crime, yeah. which is um, a huge problem. So, for me, I'm actually pleased and happy inside when I'm having the ability of crying when I'm sad. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, glad I can, I'm glad I can be sad and feel it when I am sad. Yeah, it's very honoring of your emotions. Yes. It's and really... I would, I'm sorry, go on. It's important that you're honoring, that human beings honor the negative emotions as well as the positive emotions that feel good because... We really learn from our negative emotions. We don't. We don't wake up in the morning and say, "Boy, I feel great today. Let me take a look at my." Don't usually. Yeah, your phone's breaking up a little bit. Oh, when you talk about uh, uh, negative emotions yeah. and positive emotions, I would. I would make the position. Okay, we're going to take a minute break or so. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health & Wellness. Legal Shield. 
total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Health and wellness is about making lifestyle choices that make us feel good about ourselves. It's easier knowing what to do than it is doing it. Listen to The Tams Toward a Magnificent Self Health and Wellness Show with your host, Tammy Anastasia, M.A., Tammy will explore and uncover the answers to what gets in the way of our motivation. Through her expertise and occasional guest experts, Tammy will inspire and motivate you to make realistic lifestyle changes. Listen live every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip, with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower with my guest, Jane Fendelman. Jane Fendelman has a wonderful website you can go to. Uh, her website is Jane Fendelman. The Fendelman is spelled S-E-N-D-E-L-M-A-N. So it's Jane Fendelman dot, excuse me, Jane Fendelman dot com. And she has interesting things to, uh, help you with, including people's emotions, ADDH, and all that kind of stuff. So it's something you can look through. I've done it, and it's quite interesting. You can see TV snippets of her on the Internet. So, um, Jane, welcome back. Thank you. Okay, so you were talking about negative emotions and positive emotions. And I make the assumption that all emotions are positive. There are no negative emotions. There can be angry, you know, there can be anger, and uh, you can feel you know, when someone's extremely angry at someone right. who hurts them and lost a them, you know, they have this, their straight muscle gets activated, the muscles for fight or flight, and they have right. the impulse in them to attack and kill the person that they hurt, who hurt them, who they also love. So it's okay to speak about, in the fantasy, what the child wants to, or the, or the adult, to another adult, not to the child, but... What what the what the human being can do is put to words in fantasy what they see in their mind's eye. They can talk about it, but they don't actually do any physical harm to the person. Right. 
That's so that's part of the way I do, do do my therapy. So uh, all an all emotions point. are positive. Yeah. Yeah, that's an important point. That all emotions, all emotions are good. There's no yes. bad emotions. So right. let me clarify. When I say negative emotions, all I mean is there are emotions that human beings experience as painful emotions. Like sorrow, sadness, sadness, grief, anger. People think that those are bad emotions because they're painful when they experience them. However, if you don't consider them bad, and and the mistake that people make is they get stuck in them or they run from them. Exactly. If If you go inside when you're feeling a painful emotion, if you go inside and you create a compassionate space, inside yourself, and you take a deep breath, and you say, okay, painful emotion. I call them orphaned emotions. Like, people people dismiss them, discount them. They want to, you know, go get a beer or, you know, get a drink or smoke some pot. They want to get away from the painful emotions. You don't have to be scared of the emotions that are painful to you. If you consider them good, like Dr. Brower is saying, and if you create a compassionate space and you say, Okay, let's say it's sorrow, sadness, sorrow, and you don't want to feel it, so you keep on trying to avoid it and ignore it. If you sit down and relax and you say, okay, sorrow, I see that you're just my little little orphaned child emotion, the little orphaned emotion of sorrow, I'm going to put my arm around you now, I'm going to breathe you in, and I'm going to see what you are here to teach me. And that will actually ease the pain. And it's a very Buddhist concept you have there. I love it, Jonathan. The Buddha said that there will be pain, because that is life, life in the skin. Human life, there's joy and pleasure and there's pain, and that's part of the day and night of this life. The world is opposite. But it doesn't have to be suffering. And if a negative emotion or a painful emotion, I'm sorry, I won't call them negative, if a painful emotion comes up and you call it bad, that pain will turn into suffering and it can turn into long-term suffering. But if that painful emotion comes up and you say, hello, let me see what you are here to say to me. Let me put my arm around you and breathe you in. Let me see what it is that really hurts here. Oh, it's loss. Oh, and it's not only the loss of these children who are murdered now, but it's every other loss you've ever experienced and failed to grieve, because grief yes. has a tendency to pile up. We sweep it under the rug. Yes. We don't just hold yes. a compassionate space for it. Yes. So, so yes. basically, when people are willing and able to be aware of what's, what they're feeling inside, what the emotion is, and how they experience the feelings of the emotion, and being aware of the impulse of the emotion, and just sit with it and know about it, and if they can do this easily and frequently, it's going to make their life exceedingly better. Yes, and it will grow and change them. We mature through experiencing our emotions, the pleasureful ones and the painful ones. We grow and mature. Yes, they're all important parts to our being alive. Absolutely. I love that you talk about it's important not to disown any aspect 
of yourself, your emotions, your mental state. It's just like the shadow side of the dark side. People talk yeah. about the mental constructs, and we yeah. have shame about the flaw. I have this flaw in me. I'm ashamed of it. I need to hide it. That's when we try to subvert that and stuff it down, and that's when it comes out sideways in a bastardized yeah. way, and that's when those kids come out and shoot up a movie theater and whatnot. Yes. Yeah, and there, uh, and then once they're in the in the zone of wanting to kill people and having the uh, ability to do it without uh, any any guilt, that's a terrible problem for us people who are still alive to have these people yeah. who are ready to kill us walking around. So um, how we yeah, go on dissociation that kind of. They are dissociated from their emotions and they can't feel compassion. People used to yes. ask me all the time, years ago when I first became a counselor, I worked at a sex offender clinic, and people used to ask me a lot, I don't understand how they can do that. How can a person be a pedophile? How can they not relate to the fact that they're doing this heinous violation? And when a person has been violated themselves, or been around that kind of violation when yes. they're growing up, when they're a child. They yes. detach and they disconnect. They disconnect from their own emotions because it's too horrifying to go through something like that or witness something like that and stay connected with your emotions. So that's, how, that's another way that we create a sociopath, somebody that could go out and shoot up a movie theater or a grammar school. Yes. So they live through this horrific experience. They don't have anybody to talk to, and yes. they're dissociated from their emotions, and so they cannot feel compassion. They cannot feel yes. empathy. They can't put themselves in someone else's shoes. Right. It's disconnected. Yes. So in the prison systems, I'm adamant that the prison systems should all be um, for uh, uh, regeneration. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the word. You know, they, they should all have therapy in the prison systems. Everybody, every single person, all the time, every day, group therapy and individual therapy. I mean, why have them just sit in jail and what, and then they'll come out and be as bad or worse as when they went in? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a waste of taxpayers' dollars just having people sit in there and rot in there and feed them and clothe them and when we could yes. be doing something good. Yes. So, um, yeah, it'd be wonderful if um, we all, in a, in a kind way, a loving way, could give people feedback. So, yeah. for example, you know, if, if someone's walking around and the shoelace is untied and they don't know it, you know, hey, uh, Joe or Jill, your shoelace is untied. And similarly, <laughs> uh, hey, Jill or Joe, you know, you look you look sad and depressed. Uh, why don't you talk to me about it? I mean, if we could do that in every every day, kind of you know, do those kind of things without uh, right. making a big deal about people it. People don't like that. People, would help a lot, a lot of people like to just skim the surface and yeah. they don't really want to know. I have a I have a bad reputation in my family. They call me well, not everybody. Some people love it, but a couple of people call me too intense. <laughs> You're too intense because <laughs> uh, you yes. know. Hi, how are you? Fine. Is so, uh, some people, that's all they really want to do. Hi, how are you? Fine. But some people love when I say, hi, how are you? How's your heart? How's your soul? Yeah, so when people tell you you're too intense, they're telling you <laughs> they can't 
they can't uh, handle their emotions or yours. And right. And when they, who, I just say thank you when they call me too intense. Thank you. Thank you. I am. Yeah. And in my head, I think, uh-huh, too intense for you. <laughs> That's what I but think. Too intense for you. But, but you're not too intense. You're just intense. I'm just intense. I am intense and doggone proud of it. And, and I love I love uh, people who are intense, especially when they're <laughs> when they're safe when they're safe and friendly. Yeah. 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 They, yeah. So that's uh, why I'm good we, at my job. I'm good at my job because I'm intense. Yes. And uh, <laughs> it's good. It's good to be intense. Yeah. As long as you're doing it in a way that's caring and where you're not self-sabotaging, but you're being uh, loving and warm to yourself. Right. Not, right. Not too intense. Yeah. So a lot of people put up walls or defenses to um, two different words for the same thing. They use defenses or walls to avoid their feelings. Yes, exactly. And some people just aren't ready to go there, and it's important to be respectful of that. I mean, if, yes. if you're an intense person, it's good to be respectful of other people's boundaries. Yes, I agree. So I think we're coming up to the end of our show. I've greatly enjoyed having you on. And, uh, Thank you I'd like so to have much. It was like my pleasure. I'm, I'm telling you, I'd love to have another show with you where we can talk without the problems we had this time with the, the phone stuff. Yeah, and anytime. We can do, I'd be happy to be back. Okay. And I want you to know, just based on what I saw on your website and saw the clips of these uh, TV shows you were on. Yes. I have a crush on you. you. You're really a very sweet, lovely human being. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you so so much. I really appreciate that. Okay, so I'll be talking <laughs> to you in the near future. Very good. Thank you so much. You take care. Okay. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you again for listening today. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have fun experiencing your human behavior. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.